Welcome to the Genuine Creative Podcast with Melissa Hurt. Here's where I'll be helping creatives get through mindset blocks, step into wellness and self-care practices, and overcome imposter syndrome so that you can live genuinely as a creative person, putting your greatest gift out into the world. Today, I'm going to share with you the ragged, jagged path that I explored when coming into a meditation practice, how I stuck with it, and why I stuck with it, with the hopes that you will stick with it too. Meditation is so important to me because it absolutely enhanced my quality of life tremendously. Meditation practice was a game changer not only just for my way of being, I went from being really reactive and anxious and quite frankly, a little bitchy to truly understanding what kindness means, kindness for myself, kindness through my actions, kindness in my mindset, to opening my mind and my heart to many, many other walks of life having compassion and curiosity for them. And it just really changed the game for me. And so meditation practice, we know science has shown us that it reduces anxiety. It helps us with our focus. We sleep better. It builds up your intuition and it lowers your blood pressure and it lowers the cortisol hormone, which is, um, causing inflammation in your body. And we don't want any of that. But we do want to feel good and we deserve to feel good. Now, meditation practice has all of these benefits, but that is honestly not why I started a meditation practice 16 years ago. Let me take you back to my roots here with this topic. I was getting my PhD and I was very, very, very stressed. As I imagine all PhD students are, I honestly believe that getting your doctorate is some form of hazing in academia, and it is purposefully ridiculous in the demands it puts on you psychophysically to see if you have what it takes to withhold academia, which is equally challenging in a lot of ways. So I'm going through this program and I feel so anxious all the time and alone because I'm on the other side of the country from my family. And I had a therapist recommend I take yoga classes to help come into a better place with myself. Great. So I start doing yoga classes at a beautiful community center And that had its own complications in getting me to stick with it because it was not an intuitive practice for me. But what I realized after several weeks of practicing yoga with this beautiful group of people was that I felt stillness inside of myself. I felt spaciousness inside of myself at the end of class, at the end of Shavasana and maybe a little bit of seated meditation. I felt grounded And I felt like I was breathing, like really breathing. And I thought, I really want to feel this all the time, not just at the end of class once a week. And I knew that not only exploring an at-home yoga practice would be important, but really the meditation practice would be key. 
I had to do it every day for it to stick. I knew that coming into it, but it was so much harder for me when I started. So like I said, this is 16 years ago and there were no smartphones or anything like that. So there were no apps to help me along with this. I simply had to remember anything that I did in yoga class that week and try to recall it for myself. So I remember very clearly putting down my purple yoga mat because I was always on a yoga mat when I did it. So I was like, well, I guess I have my yoga mat at home. So I laid out my purple yoga mat. I sat down comfortably. I think I may have had a meditation cushion at that time that I got at some bougie bookstore. It was comfy, so I sat on that, sitting crisscross applesauce, and my cat thinks that that is the perfect nest for her, so she is constantly crawling into my lap, and I'm trying to push her off, like, no, Ashley, I'm meditating, and she keeps crawling in, so finally I'm like, forget it, I just need to keep her in my lap. And so I'm trying to meditate, feeling my breath, quieting my mind, and I hear my hamster running on her wheel behind me, and like every single thing around me is a distraction. My body itches all of a sudden. I can't help but think about the grocery list, this reading list I have to get through. I mean, all the everything that could possibly pop into your head was popping into mine, and I felt like I was about to pop out of my skin. And so I thought, okay, this is not gonna happen at home. I will stick with this being a practice I do in my yoga class with the studio. So fast forward a year, and I'm living in Sydney, Australia. That's where I was writing my dissertation. And I am going to yoga classes at Yoga Synergy in Sydney. And it's a life-changing place for me because practicing yoga with Simon and Bianca absolutely grounded me and opened my heart and my mind to the truth of yoga practice. And they still to this day remain very dear in my heart. Um, And I still communicate with them daily because of the huge influence they had on me. So shout out to Simon and Bianca. But what I learned in those classes, because Simon always did a seated meditation at the end of class with the pranayama breathing practice, And he would talk about the importance of alignment, aligning your joints so that when you are aligned in a particular way, it's like you feel weightless. And then you can access more stillness and space within you to make more room for the breath. And it's just an easier pathway. So I learned that in those studio classes. I still didn't have an at-home yoga practice or a meditation practice but I developed a deeper appreciation for what goes into finding that stillness in your body and in your mind. And it was with that alignment. So then I was in Sydney for a little under a year. The next year I'm living in Northern Virginia, which is a very busy, anxious area. And I'm like, all right, I got to meditate because I'm going a little bonkers here. It's very expensive to live here and the stress levels were high. And so I had a bookcase in the closet of the second bedroom, which was essentially a guest bedroom in my office. And in that closet was a bookcase, and one shelf of it had all these little trinkets that I had acquired 
from Oregon and Sydney. So I had a singing bowl that I had purchased in Oregon that I still love to this day. I had some crystals and stones and things from shops in Sydney. I think I had incense. And I may have had pictures of a couple of teachers who were really important to me. And maybe a set of mala beads that I got at a yoga event at the um, Sydney Harbor. So I had all these little things, thinking that these tools will help to ground me in my practice. And they did help. I was feeling alignment in my joints, feeling my breath. And I realized that I was distracting myself out of the practice because quite frankly, I was scared to be still with myself. Now, this is the biggest eye-opener that I experienced up until this point. I couldn't blame any distractions around me. It had nothing to do with a cat or a hamster or, you know, being a doctoral student with a massive to-do list because by then I had graduated. I had completed my degree. So I didn't have a massive to-do list. Um, but the truth is that I only had myself. And when you are sitting with yourself, all the shadows come forward. And I wasn't ready for that. Now stick with me here. I don't want to share that with you to scare you. I want to share that with you to help you understand that meditation practice is an essential practice for understanding the truth of who and how you are. And if we are going to show up in our best light to make the impact that only we can make, we have to celebrate and understand the whole of our stories. And so, yes, the shadow is part of that. And at that time, I wasn't ready to really go there. I didn't have the tools to, to work through it. So I said, okay, let's just keep with these beautiful trinkets. I would do small little chakra-based meditations where I'm putting my energy and my mindset on the seven main chakras along the spine and breathing through them. Ten minutes and I'm done. <laughs> but I, I wasn't ready for the longer seated practices because more stuff was kind of seeping up from the ground and I wasn't ready for it. And all of that stuff started to catch up with me because maybe two years later, I'm still living in Washington, D.C. area, but in a different um, part of it, I'm a mom to a gorgeous daughter who is the heart and world and soul of my life. And I was going insane as a stay-at-home mom. And if you are a stay-at-home parent, let's put our hand in our heart together and practice some solidarity for one another because it is truly for me, the hardest thing I did felt like I had completely lost sense of who I was in every stretch of the word. And um, I missed adult conversation just hugely. And I just, I really didn't know who I was anymore outside of being her mom. And so my therapist suggested I go see a woman named Tara Brock. It's B-R-A-C-H. So I want you to look her up. Tara Brock was, she's a meditation teacher. Her, her teaching partner for a lot of her work is Jack Cornfield. And Tara was doing a one-day meditation retreat at Catholic University, which was just in my backyard. 
and it wasn't very expensive. And I said, okay, I have to go for many reasons. Number one, it, I can finally get into meditation with like someone who was focused solely on meditation. So I knew it would be an enriching experience. But number two, I was getting out of the house and I didn't have to be a mom that day, so to speak. And number three, I got to have adult conversations, which was huge. I needed to have that. I needed to be surrounded by other grownups, not talking about potty training and things like that, but talking about adult things. So I had to go. So sure enough, I was able to go, and I'll never forget this, y'all. Hear me out. We're sitting in folding chairs or like corporate, you know, conference room chairs, nothing very fancy. We're sitting in rows. There's not a ton of space around us. It was a pretty crowded auditorium. Tara is standing at a podium with a microphone leading us through our first meditation. And it was maybe like a 10-minute meditation. And she guided us through a process of just coming one with our breath and just being an observer of the mind. And at the end of those 10 minutes, I felt like God had pressed the reset button on my spirit and my heart. My hyper-nervous nervous system, I was just wired at the start of this whole thing, was settled. I could feel my breath. I could feel my body. I was back into myself. And I felt like an actual human being. And it, it makes me even feel a little emotional to think about it because I swear she resuscitated me with that first meditation practice. And it only got better. We, I don't even know how many meditation practices we did that day. She would talk about something and frame it. Then we would meditate. She'd take questions. She'd talk about something else. We'd meditate. And that was kind of the general format for the day. Well, by the end of that day, I felt like I had a new lease on my life. And I said, I can't go back to being anxious and lost and feeling stuck because that's not me. I have got to feel alive. And so I um, did an online course that she and Jack Cornfield had put together and they had released it with Sounds True Publishing. I think it was like a 10 week course, but I can't remember. But I, I was dedicated to it. I did all the meditations. I think it was a live course. So you had a meditation mentor that you could check in with every so often in a group setting online. And so I did that. And because of that course and really the continuity of Tara's teachings and Jack's teachings, it absolutely flipped the switch for me. And it had established a meditation practice for me and solidified the importance of meditation for my spirit, for my deepest sense of knowing who I am. So I'm still meditating. It's not every day because I am the parent to, uh, I think at this time my daughter was maybe three years old. And that's hard <laughs> if you've been there. So my mornings were not always mine. Um, coincidentally, in order to make my mornings mine, I started doing an, um, a Mysore yoga practice. It's an Ashtanga yoga practice at like five in the morning. And that got me up earlier to dedicate time for myself. I did that for maybe six, seven months. I can't remember how long it was. 
And even when I stopped doing the Mysore yoga practice, I would still wake up early to do yoga and meditate by myself. So thankfully, that got programmed into me was the importance of dedicating time to myself for my personal enrichment every single day before I have to be a mom, a wife, a coach, whatever it was that I was doing that day. I had to be me first. So please take that with you. You've got to find that time and space to be you before you can serve anyone else in the day. So let's fast forward a few years later, maybe three years later, not meditating quite every single morning like I do today, but I know it's important. But somehow I come across Natalie Goldberg. I have no idea how I came across her work, but she was offering a live class with Shambhala Publishing on free writing practice. Now, free writing practice is when you set a timer, you have a single question, and you just write without stopping for the length of time that's on that timer. And that became a new way of practicing meditation. And she does work with a a standard seated meditation as well. Sometimes she'll start with meditation, go into the practice, then end with a meditation. And then you put the work away and maybe you review it like a day later, a week later, but it's not meant to be a judgment. You're just observing your mind as you wrote it out. And so... Man, free writing practice took me to a new level. I knew that I enjoyed writing and I knew that I was a writer, but I didn't realize the depths of what I had inside myself. And free writing practice allowed me to give shape to the shadow that was coming up from before. And free writing practice dovetailed into becoming a poet because there was something about writing and being particular with language that somehow opened up a new portal to my spirit. And it was through meditation practice and free writing and poetry that I was able to find deeper layers of truth to myself. And I was still doing all of this at the very beginning of the day before I had to do anything else in my life. So... That's kind of where I am today still. For me personally, I don't do free writing every morning like I used to. I still free write every now and again, and I definitely free write when I want to write a blog or an article or anything that I'm working on. I always start with free writing practice because I truly understand the value of it. But I meditate every morning because if I don't nurture my heart, and take care of myself in that way, nobody is going to do it for me. And quite frankly, we shouldn't depend on anybody to do that for you because that's codependency and we don't want that, right? So coming real with yourself through that lens of loving kindness, coming to not only face your shadow, but open your arms to it, to give it a hug, which you realize later is just your very scared inner child. Having space and grace for all of that has absolutely paved the way for me knowing myself much more richly than I ever could have known 
had I never explored meditation practice. I have completely rewired my brain from one of reactive, bitchy anxiety and judgment, quite frankly, to one of complete wonder and curiosity and advocacy for social justice because of how I now see the world. It's not about me. It's now about commonality and community and collective consciousness. And if I feel and see an imbalance in that, I know now how to act upon that in ways that are very true to me to help make an effective change in my community and my world for others. So it's a rocky road. It took me, I'm now 16 years post that purple yoga mat in Oregon situation. It was probably 13 or 14 years before it became a regular, everyday, non-negotiable, probably more like 12 years when you include the free writing practice that was with it. But that's a long time, right? And let me tell you, it's meant to be. It's not meant to be easy. Things that are important for you are meant to hold you up in the fire so that you can feel yourself and build resilience and just be true to yourself as you work through it to learn about yourself and quite frankly, get rid of the baggage that would otherwise be completely flammable and, and eat you up. The more that we can let go of the layers of identity and ways of being that do not serve us at all, which is people-pleasing, not aligning to your deepest path because you feel like you're supposed to be doing something else because society tells you to do something else or your family or whatever structure you want to call it. But being true to your deepest self and coming to realize and accept your gifts. That is how you offer your best gift to the world, is by being true, being who you are. And meditation practice does enrich your intuition so that when opportunities come into your fold, you know how to act upon them because you will find a similar sense of lightness and space and grace inside of you that you recognize, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to go on this path because I had this feeling in my meditation practice when I was at my most pure And now I know that this is where I need to be. So, um, and let me just also give another shout out to another teacher. So I've mentioned my teachers in Australia. I've mentioned uh, Natalie Goldberg, Tara Brock, Jack Cornfield, and Justin Michael Williams has been a massive influence on me through his programming. And um, he's helped me to reframe meditation as not just about you know, finding stillness, because it it is a beautiful gift for finding stillness, but it's also about um, finding grace for the messy. It's It's about teaching us how to live fully, regardless of the situations and the circumstances. So I offer all of that to you. Um, You will find your own rocky, jagged path. I highly encourage you to stick with it. If you have any questions about anything that I've shared, leave a comment, reach out to me. 
and I'm happy to, you know, point you to whatever resources could be helpful for you. But please trust me when I say that it is, is a worthy endeavor to open your heart, reignite your soul, and take you to a new level of who you are and how you are. And um, I can't wait to see what you have to share because of it. All right, this is Melissa Hurt. I'm going to sign off. I hope that this podcast episode helped you to keep it real with what's important to you because I want you to feel like a genuine, beautiful person so that you can be truly creative in how you build your life. Thank you. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a positive review.